Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 21st. Eat either alone or in uplifting company. When one is eating, he places himself in a frame of mind to absorb energy. He is then more open than usual to the vibrations around him. In public eating places, the vibrations are heterogeneous. There, be centered more than usually in the spine. Otherwise, visit such places with true friends and always eat in harmony. That's a very interesting sort of extra uh, dimension point of conversation in terms of food and meals and so on. There's so much talk about diet, vegan, vegetarian, paleo, whatever the multitudes of things are, but Swami's just picking it up from a completely different angle. And this is a, a long-standing yogic position. I mean, it's every so often, every so often for me, something that is perfectly ordinary, suddenly the mind just clicks a little bit and it becomes completely strange. I mean, from the time that we're little babies, literally from the time that we're born, if we're nursed by our mothers, we're hungry, we move the mouth, we're hungry, we latch onto the breast and we draw the mother's milk and we're just ravenous to have that milk and we wake up crying if we can't get it and or or a bottle if that's how we're raised but it's still it's the same attitude um, little baby animals I've seen some completely charming these charming little vignettes that they post on the internet these days of people who adopt um, wild animals that are hurt you know, one was these little baby squirrels, and the squirrels were like bar barely bigger than a quarter. And there was a syringe that they're feeding these baby squirrels. And But what was so incredible was the avid way the little animal just sucks in that nut uh, nutrients. And I know from feeding and also watching my friends feed their little toddlers, when the child is eating solid food but yet doesn't have the capacity to feed itself, just this desire to take this food in and this compelling need to do it. I mean, there's very little time, other time, where you're just so avid to draw something into your body like that. And you're just always putting this food in your mouth. Where does it go? What does it do? I mean, we, we have a, an idea of how the system works, but it's, it's really quite remarkable. But we're opening our mouth we're, we're putting something all the way inside of us, whereas most of the time we're quite protective about what we take inside of us. But during eating, we're avidly trying to make it happen. So the yogis who pay attention to the vibrations and the implications of everything you know, have a lot of rules about rules, suggestions, guidelines, observations is the words that I want. They have a lot of observations about the implications of this. Swami just summarizes it very simply when he says, whenever we're eating, we're much more susceptible to taking in the vibrations that are around us. And so we really need to pay attention to what kind of vibrations are around us when we're eating. 
Now, some yogis would never go into restaurants. Master didn't go into restaurants very often. When he would travel, he would have a little box of dates or nuts or something, Swamiji said, and he would often just eat a little bit but wouldn't go into public places. He would let the disciples go into public places, but oftentimes he didn't. Swamiji was different. We often went to restaurants with Swami, but Swamiji followed the last rule. When he would go to a restaurant, he would surround himself with true friends. And we actually had many wonderful experiences in public eating places, but but the, the aura of our group would be very powerful. I, I say this because I, I have been in public restaurants with Swamiji many, many, many times. Um, not only would we sometimes take him out to, especially when he would come visit us here where I live in Palo Alto, um, there were certain Indian restaurants, South Indian restaurants, for example, where he could get dosas, which was not something that we could easily reproduce for him. And he would love to go to a South Indian restaurant. Or he would like sometimes just to go to Indian restaurants just to give him a little bit of the atmosphere, which he really loved. But in any case, we would go out for one reason or another. And then I traveled with him a lot. So when we would be traveling, we would usually have no choice. But the aura that was always created around our table, I'm very, I'm very conscious of what it was, and it was very strong. So that far from feeling like you didn't want to take in the vibrations that were around you, we created our homogeneous vibration in the middle of a heterogeneous vibration. And of course, the whole world is a heterogeneous vibration at this yuga stage, at this world, especially where I live in Silicon Valley, when I lived isolated at Ananda Village, the, the atmosphere in which I lived for, for 900 acres, sparsely populated 900 acres that belonged to, to Ananda, we had a very strong homogeneous vibration everywhere that we went. But I just have to go 10 yards away from my house, well, probably 25 yards away from my house, and I'm off the Ananda community property and into a world that's quite congenial, but it's not my world so to speak. So anyway, these are very interesting points. Many yogis will only cook the food they cook for the, themselves. They won't eat anybody else's cooking. Swami doesn't mention that here, but he will only go to restaurants, we will only go to restaurants, where the vibration of the food is good. And the vibration of the food is not quite the same as the taste of it. Sometimes the food can be very tasty, but the consciousness with which it was cooked, or the consciousness of the whole restaurant where it's presented, again, it's not compatible. So over time, I and we would find the restaurants that where not only did we like the food, but we like the whole energy of the place. You make friends with the owners. You feel like this is my kind of place. The kind of music that they play, the way the whole atmosphere looks, all of these things are very important. You are, you are literally taking it in, and it's literally being trans formed by your physiological process into you, and you want to be sure it's a vibration that you want. There has always been this yogic principle, which I was starting to mention, where some sadhus carry their own utensils, their own cooking pots, and they will only accept uncooked food that needs to be cooked, and then they will go off and make their own. At least traditionally, this is what was, was common. I never really thought that much about it. I I have, it, uh, going to restaurants has, has been a form of relaxation for me. I'm, by, I'm not in any way what you would call a foodie or anything like that. 
But sometimes I, I would use a restaurant as just a way to get away from ordinary life. It's a very nice way to go out with your friends. And being a yogi for all my adult life, there just weren't a lot of other options. It's more interactive than going to a movie. And it's sometimes a nice change of scene rather than anybody having to cook. So it's been a natural part of my life without my giving it a lot of importance. When I was writing the book Lightbearer, which is the last of the four books I've published, which is a major work, biography of Swami Kriyananda, if you're interested in him from all that I've said, the book is called Lightbearer, and it's by Ashanaya Swami. It's not hard to find. I had to be in seclusion for many months by the time I finished that book. I just... I found that I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate deeply enough for long enough in any kind of a normal atmosphere. So I was really quite isolated in a, in a couple of different places. Once in this cottage up way on the northern border of the United States, you know, within sight of Canada in the state of Washington, in the cabin of a friend, and another time much closer to home, but also in a, a spacious house that I had all to myself on a several acres of land. And in both cases, by choice, I, I, I simply bought groceries and cooked all my own food. So for a number of weeks, um, the only food that I was eating was what I myself had prepared. And it was fascinating to me. I really understood why the yogis do that. Because just not confusing my vibration with the vibrations of others, even people that I like, you know, even people that are very compatible with me, still, when it was just day after day, and it, it, I was so accustomed to breaking that cycle, either by going to our community kitchen or going out to a restaurant or going over to a friend's house for the last decades of my life, that it was only in this very unusual circumstance that I accidentally discovered that I really like only eating my own cooking. And I, ever since then, which has now been a little more than a year since I finished that project, let's see, would that be true? Yes. Yes, a little more than a year. I still have a strong preference for my own cooking. And even when, lovingly, and I'm very grateful for it, people bring me cook things, I usually eat a little bit of it, and occasionally I eat every scrap that's brought to me, but I always eat some, and I'm very grateful. But as a rule, I just cook for myself, and I, and I like that. And it, it gave me a first-hand experience of something that we just don't experience. Now bear in mind also there's the tradition, mother's cooking is the best cooking. And there's also a lot of truth in that, because when a mother is devoted to raising her taking care of her family and raising her children, the, the, uh, everything she cooks reflects you know, her deep commitment to the well-being of the people who have been put into her care. So mother may not be the most skilled cook there is, but there's something about the vibrations of that food which are so nurturing to the inner self. And this is why, I mean, in, in uh, my present circumstance, there's a few people who, are, who regularly cook for me and, and bring things over for myself and the others who live in the house. And it's done with so much love and affection that that food tastes different. It just, it just really tastes different because we are very open when we 
uh, eat. And so, so Swami suggests, you know, that you should eat alone. And I've also discovered this also over time, that I'll, even though I like to eat in company, it's because it's a nice way to share, um, I don't like to do it too much. It's almost, it's partly in a strange way, if I'm in company, my body doesn't always know it's eaten. Because the, 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 what I'm noticing is that I'm noticing the company I'm keeping, and the eating, whatever I'm eating, is secondary to the company. So after it's all over, my body doesn't quite know that we've eaten. And it, I'll still be, even though I've had a good meal, I'll still be hungry. And it's just because I don't know. But if I go off to my, by myself, which I do the majority of the time, and just sit very quietly. I'm a person who likes to read while I'm eating, although that is not, in, in some systems, even that is considered too much of a distraction. Um, I, I always know that I've eaten, and, and I'm not hungry after, after I have even a small meal. I'm less hungry than I would be after a large meal taken with friends. All of these are just things to watch. Partly I'm saying this because so much of our lives there are important elements we're simply not paying attention to. And what the whole process of spiritual development is, is increasing awareness. So any area of our life where we discover a lack of awareness is, a, is a, an opportunity for us to increase awareness. What is the effect of certain foods? Many people's spiritual life starts with diet. What is the effect of certain foods on me? Then farther, what is the effect of certain spices or ways of preparing food? Then the company I keep while I'm eating, or the lack of company while I'm eating, or the vibrations of the cook. All of this just makes us more sensitive to the influences on our consciousness, which is the beginning of being able to direct our consciousness um, to be in harmony with our higher aspirations. And then Swami says here, always eat in harmony. I mean, I know that many people talk about, you know, the endless fights at the dinner table. And it's it does, unfortunately, profound and serious damage, physically, mentally, and spiritually, to be so open as you are when you're eating, and then in that atmosphere to have toxic emotional um, experiences as well. Some things can't be controlled, but we should do our best. So Swamiji says, Eat either alone or in uplifting company. When one is eating, he places himself in a frame of mind to absorb energy. He is then more open than usual to the vibrations around him. In public eating places, the vibrations are heterogeneous. There, be centered more than usually in the spine. Otherwise, visit such places with true friends and always eat in harmony. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.